This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello. And no one else. It's us. And no movie, really. No. I don't know. How long are the credits, actually? Uh, They started... If you count the part with the montage of these locations, it's five minutes. So, yeah, we weren't going to do, like, a whole week's worth of credits, so we're... Right. We're kind of mixing together... We'll do that many episodes, but we're not going to read read the names off the screen. We've got big stuff planned that hopefully will be happening, maybe. (laughs) We don't know. Yes. Yeah, next Next week will be exciting. We don't know exactly what it involves, but it will be interesting. Mm. We've talked a lot referencing about how we pre-record this show quite a lot. You probably noticed with a few of our cultural references and stuff, which I've since noticed on the FAQ for Movie by Minutes was a bad idea. But I think everyone remembers lockdown and COVID pretty well. So (laughs) it should be, should be good. So today we are recording on the 18th of June, 2020. We recorded our first episode on the 6th of April, 2020. So we did all right. (laughs) Should we, are we, let's, let's, let's take a look at 20. We've got midair playing. We're not going to read all the credits because Robert maybe promised not to. <laughs> so we, we, we've got stunt coordinators and stunt performers. There's not that many stunts, are there? What, what car there crash, stunts? car crash, I guess. But oh, right. there's a lot of names there's for the stunt two, performers. Two drivers for that. There's a lot of credits for stunt performers. There must be something else. Oh, maybe they, maybe technically some of the people on the rain are stunt performers. Oh, maybe that would make sense. And behind the scenes, they said they didn't tell people exactly what was going to happen, but they may have hired stunt performers to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I can read these this section of credits out because it's quite quick, and these are quite major people. Obviously, no, nothing bad to you guys if you are any of the people we don't shout out. I'm sure anyone listening, if they are involved in the film, completely understand that there are a lot of names in these credits. And if you are involved in this film in any way or form, and we don't mention you or we do mention you, email in, get in touch, and we can record a bonus episode with you. Even if you are a random extra in a random scene, or even if you own one of the buildings or whatever, we we want you on the show. If you're the guy on the subway train with the headphones. We definitely want you on the show if you're the guy on the subway train with the headphones. Because you're not Graham Curry. But who is, you know? First AD is Matthew Penry Davy, production sound designer Adrian Bell. Two Below Him is a good one. Yes, I was just about to get to that. Financial controller, Dan Hilsden. And location manager, Steve Mortimer, who hopefully you heard us joined by Steve on Wednesday. We've got script editor, Emma Freud. Shout out, Emma. Heard that name a lot. We have. Somewhere. Yeah. I think someone keeps bragging about <laughs> messaging her. Who was it? <laughs> <laughs> script supervisor, Zoe Morgan. Supervising art director, David Hindle. Music producer, Steve McLaughlin. Music consultant, Nick Close. Post-production supervisor, Tania Blunden. Post-production accountant, Tan Harper. And then we get to the credits for working title, and... They have jobs. We don't need to talk about them. Yeah, but, you know, once again, a shout out to you. If you happen to be the senior legal and business affairs executive, get in touch. Email in. So we got the, the A, things like the A camera focus puller. I mean, what, 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 what's that? Is that just getting, making sure the camera's in focus? I'm sure there's more to that than I'm saying. There's more involved in that. When they have to change it during a shot, they have to mark what that's going to be. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. What it's going to be. Track it for the uh, editor later. So they know what it was supposed to be. 
and can match things. Yeah, clapper loaders. There's a. I, I think Same with them. Yeah, you always forget. There's a lot more than you think of. Yeah, boom operators, they don't just sound system. Snap the thing shut. <laughs> <laughs> That's a day, guys. <laughs> yeah, first they have to fill that thing out with a lot of information. Yeah. And keep track of that information. Hmm. And often with different films, don't you get like different sized clappers? Don't they have a mini clapper for Tim's eye close up, things like that. It's, I think it's actually they do different ones for different cameras. It's not for like different characters and stuff. Because if you're using a different camera that day, you have you have the clapper arranged a certain way, and the same with like the sound setup and the lighting. Art directors, graphic art designers, concept artists. So what what, what does concept artist entail? I'm guessing for this film, we didn't see much of their work. It was probably a lot of their when they were planning on doing something more elaborate for the time travel. Okay, that makes sense. Because I thought I knew a lot of this stuff, but there's definitely some of these names that don't make sense. Because they didn't build a lot for this film, so... Did I get through all of the actual cast members' credits? No, I didn't. Um, Young Tim, Charlie Curtis. We talked about him already, but forgot him. Yeah, he's the only one you, he's the only one you left off, because you said the busker. Yeah, I think it might be that we're, that's where the minute ends, then. It is relevant to talk about Charlie Curtis this minute. We talked about Charlie Curtis quite a bit. Shout out to Charlie Curtis if you're listening. Guest on the show. I mean, I guess we can go straight into into 121, can't we? Yeah. Any note on visuals, Robert? Uh, it's a lot of black and white. Very nice rows of things. Nothing surprising. And on on, on, <laughs> the, on the sound, we have music accompanied by a voice saying words that suit the song, which I think was a, a brilliant artistic decision, because I, I always find that when... Wait, when is, they... is the song still playing at this point? I don't have my sound on. Oh, actually, I haven't. Good point. I just guessed. Oh, it is. Wait, it is not. I have the lyrics in my notes, though. It's not still playing. At what point does it stop? It stopped sometime in 120, and then it goes to like the theme music. You got graphics assistant, storyboard artist. We talked about that. Set decorator, assistant editors. The set decorator is either crazy or really good at their job okay. for having decorated Mary's apartment. Oh yeah. In fact, let's search up this set decorator, uh, Liz Griffiths. Of course, this was before we recorded the bonus episode with Liz Griffiths, so this is literally us realising who did the set decoration for the first time. Probably gathered that, but I wanted to just add this in so he didn't think we'd gone mad or would... Yeah. She's got an email address. We, we've got a Liz Griffiths email address. Do we do we want to do this at some point? This is for set decorator? I don't know. If you want to you reach out, reach out. Let's just check there's no phone number on her website. She's got a website here. There is. I could just phone her now. Feels like a prank call thing. <laughs> Hello, thanks for calling. Sorry I can't get your phone. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you. Thank you. Bye. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. Hello, this is probably going to sound really odd or random, but I'm Luke Allen. I'm one of the hosts of a podcast called Two Minutes About Time, where we break down the film about time two minutes at a time. And I was wondering whether you'd be interested in guesting on the show and talking about your involvement as set decorator, because you're just trying to get as many sort of crew members that wouldn't otherwise get recognition to sort of come on the show, talk about their experience in the film, as we look, you know, obviously in depth into the show. I'm contactable daytime tomorrow on my mobile number, which is 07... Or via email, luke at lukeallen.co.uk. I understand it sounds like a very weird request, so absolutely fine if you'd rather not. But I thought I'd get in touch. Saw your number on IMDb. No, saw your website on IMDb Pro and your number on your website. So thanks and good job on set decorating. Bye. <laughs> there we go. 
assistant editors, costume supervisors, reading trainees, <laughs> yeah, hair and makeup supervisors, hair and makeup trainees. You know who we should really shout out? Who? Stagehand, Michael Webb. Supervising painter, good job. Dean Holly and painters Phil Holly and Ben Lobb. Rigger, you know they obviously did their job, or we would have seen. We uh, there are no like boom mics or weird shadows of equipment in this whole movie. <laughs> That's gotta be the title for this episode. <laughs> there are no boom mics or weird shadows of equipment in this entire movie. Good job. Th- thanks in part to Rigger, Chris Go, Goff Go. I don't know. Gaffer, Palm, uh, sorry Irish people, I have no idea how to say his last name. How's it spelled? M-C-G-E-A-C-H-A-N. Or maybe it's Welsh and it doesn't sound like any of those letters, I don't know. Best Boy, Will Kendall, Rigging Gaffer, Ross Granger, and Electricians Tom Hyde and Harlan Havlet. Good job. We've got Property Masters, Prop Men, Additional Prop Hands, Standby Carpenter and Riggers and Painters. Construction managers, carpenters, stagehands, supervising painters, riggers, as you said. Gaffer, best boy is Will Kendall. Since we may have confirmed last episode that it was a composite shot where they put the house over the beach, we should mention the special effects guys, you know. Yeah. Special effects supervisor Mark Holt, special effects floor supervisor James Davis, and the senior special effects technicians James Galen, Patrick O'Sullivan, John Boundy, Dave Holt, and Mike Tilly. And a special effects assistant, Karen Holt. Shout out to Jill McCullough, who's the dialect coach. Brilliant job. Yeah, she had to rein in Canadians, Australians, Irish people. Gingers. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to Kate McLaughlin. Extras casting. I, I think I phoned up Kate McLaughlin, but I'm not certain. So I'm just going to see whether... I think she got very confused <laughs> when I called her up. I was like, do you happen to know who this... If there's a, there's not a number, so it's not her I spoke to. Oh, there is a number. Extras casting for eight years ago. She's not going to remember one guy. <laughs> no, I, I know. Well, I think I, I asked her about coming on the show first, and she was like, "Nah." And I was like, "You probably won't, but we want to know." That's, that's actually something I meant to ask Steve last time. Is does he keep his notes? Like, if he if he really needed to know a location, does he have everything for each of these movies? Like a list of here's the stuff I had and all the photos, or does that go to working title? You know, who owns that stuff? I'll message him now. Robert said he forgot to ask you, but he was a he was a good sport, Steve. Oh, and he knew stuff. Uh, I still can't find that house, but now I know a better neighborhood to look. I was looking while we were talking, and I'm like, okay, I know probably the address. Assuming they didn't change the numbers, it's 72. It's just jumping from block to block. Yeah. So we've got the casting associate. We don't need to talk about that. Extras casting, stand-ins, unit publicist. Dude, you got to mention the stand-ins. No one else will. Ever. What, 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 I mean, they what don't does... do much. All they do is stand there. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Cox and Henrietta Fuller. You know, no offense, Daniel and Henrietta, but that's a lazy job. <laughs> I, I've never met a Henrietta, but I love that name, so shout out to all Henriettas listening. And Henrietta Fuller and Daniel Cox, if you're listening, guest on the show. And only to just sit here. They were in this episode. They're right there. If we, um, imagine doing that, doing that as like a visual episode. <laughs> Or no, it'll be video of them, but our voices. The transport captain, I don't want to pronounce, J- Jimmy Carufas, director's driver, Simon Hudnot, so yeah. There's a Piotr on this film. We've got, we've got a Piotr, who's a uh, facilities oh, yeah. captain. 
but it's not a name we hear very often, other than on this show. Head of security. And I guess we can go straight into <laughs> 122. We've got two more of these, Robert, but we don't need to dedicate as much time, really, because I think the listeners probably stopped listening already. We do more stuff. I hope they haven't. Imagine if people tune out and then don't hear our ending. They'll get bored. Like, are they really just going to list everyone? No. John Thumb is the uh, visual effects supervisor. We've got line producers, visual effects, line producers, visual effects editor. Is th- there? There is a specific order, isn't there, for credits, typically? Like, yes. I tried to research that while I was doing Unstable, and I think I managed it, but... Part of it is contracts, and then part of it is there are standards for where you put the cast, where you put visual effects, where you put music is always toward the bottom. Thanks is down the bottom. Message from Steve, by the way. Yeah. Well, not really. I tend to start each film with a new notebook... And I probably a lot of them somewhere, but you generally just remember things when you think back. Hmm. Sound was re-recorded at Halo Post Production. Shout out to Halo Post Production. I know all you guys there did a great job. Mike Dawson, re-recording Mixer. And Jonathan Rush, good lad. But I, I got a shout out for Digital Matt Painters, Neil Miller and Sullivan Richard, for putting the house on that above the nude beach. DIT Equipment, 4K London. Don't know what DIT is, but I'm sure it's important. Walkie talkies and production mobile phones was audio link. Above the line security really went above the line on this one. Um, that was not even a, a, a pun. That was just. I don't even know how to understand that joke. Neither do I. Above the line is a phrase, right? Yes. Good. I, I, I don't I, know why I, they made it the name of their thing. It's a, like a accountant thing. Mad Dog Casting and Universal Extras for the extras work. I think Universal Extras, I know. I'm not sure how though. I don't know what else there is. The dailies were by 1619. Music clearances, Vicky Williams. So, I mean, a big shout out for that. Yeah, because this is, this is some good music. R- Richard Curtis. And Lane was, for music licensing. And I, I was listening to, not listening, I was reading the little leaflet that was in the About Time soundtrack the other day. And Richard Curtis says, quite often with these things, you have to compromise on tracks and stuff. And this was the one film where everything he wanted was allowed in there. Brilliant. Of course, he could just be saying that. Piano <laughs> was by Sally Heath. Andy Does that Brown mean it was her piano we saw, or she played a piano? I assume she played the piano. It'd be weird if they just credited... This but why would they credit the just the piano? Oh, the next thing is the orchestra, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I just... The piano is like the main part. Of, so part of the music was recorded at Abbey Road Studios, among North Pole, Air Linda Studios, British Grove Studios, Magic Mountain Studios, and the music was mixed, was mixed at North Pole. I think we can give a little talk about the actual music, which is all listed here. I think we can read them all out. Yeah. Um, Most of which we've probably mentioned on the way. Yeah, I'm just going to go straight on to 123 because I can see it better without it cutting out. This file's slightly longer, isn't it? Yeah, this is 1 and 26 seconds. This is the last one. It has an extra... Got The Luckiest, Ben Folds. Brilliant, brilliant track. And one of the things that Darren Brown chatted out on his Twitter when he was talking about About Time. Beautiful song. All the Things She Said, Tattoo, Push the Button, which Sugar Babes. Mr. Brightside, I don't remember that being in it, by the killers. One of the parties... I think it was at the party... Andrea Grant's cover of Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. At the River by Groove Armada. Brilliant track. Lullaby. I don't think I know that one. Performed by Etna. What's Your Flavor. Performed by Craig David. Don't think I know that one either. Midair. Paul Buchanan. Dilemma. Performed by Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland. Friday I'm In Love. The Cure. Where or When. Barbara Goss. The jazz band. We see her singing it. Of course, yeah. How Long Will I Love You. Mike Scott of the Waterboys wrote it, and it's performed by John Bowden, Ben Coleman, Nick Laird Close does a bit on it. He does the acoustic guitar, and Sam Sweeney doing the fiddle. When I Fall in Love, great 
track by Barbara Goff, Sagat Geary, Andy Hamill, and Tim Henneman. Il Mondo, Jimmy Fontana, Gianna Mechia, Carlo Perez. Foolish? It's a lot of names. And I'm wondering whether that's deliberately in this place at the point where I'm considering myself foolish. Mark DeBarg, Ashtani Douglas, Etterline Jordan, Irving Lorenzo, and Marcus Vest. To the listeners, by the way, if you've got this far, stay for the end. That's all I'm saying. Stay for the end. Back to Black, Amy Winehouse, Mark Ronson, Petardu is Niall Conlon, Ross McCormick, Kieran McGuinness, Ronan Yorrell, Spiegel and Spiegel, performed by Alexander Malter, and Dietmar Schwal or Schwalk. Schwalker. there we go. Lived in bars. I don't know half these tracks. <laughs> I guess it's loads of party scenes and stuff. Performed by Cat Powers, Chan Marshall, Gold in Them Hills, Instrumental, Ron Sexsmith, performed by Ron Sexsmith. Does it, hang on, is Gold in Them Hills normal version credited at all? No. That's strange, right? It is, yeah. I mean, unless the, the instrumental is Gold in Them Hills and the instrumental. How is, uh, The Luckiest credited at the start? Um, it's only credited once. The Luckiest Instrumental. Yeah, so I guess it's the song and the instrumental version is what they mean by that. But shout out to Ron Sexsmith, what a guy. Ron Sexsmith has basically helped, hopefully, make the careers of several people and put my school on the map. So, massive shout out to Ron Sexsmith. Greenheart, Christoph Bauschinger, maybe. Into My Arms, Nick Cave. How Long Will I Love You is credited again this time. Mike Scott. That's that's the second credit, right? We have done How Long Will I... Yeah. It's, it's different performance, right? Because the other one is the live band and this is the one that's in the credits. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, the live band does sound slightly different, yeah. Uh, we've got a few thanks credits. Telegraph, Independent, among many others. I'm just naming random ones as they scroll. National Theatre, Quentin Blake, Lincoln's Inn, High Plains Drifter, Richard Griffiths, Richard E. Grant, Mario Castino and Kate Moss, Neville Butch, Martin and Charlotte Petherwick, Paris and Neil Barnes, Film and Location in London and Cornwall, England, and at Ealing Studios, London, England. This motion picture used sustainability strategies to reduce its carbon emissions and environmental impact. Brilliant stuff. And green is universal. Adobe Digital. That's, that's a, I'm already not doing these logos. MPAA is on there. It's an MPAA certificate number 48199, which I looked up because I'm always curious if I can find what movie was immediately before and after. I couldn't find it. Once again, I've never found it because the only people that obsess about them and list them have incomplete lists on script. So it'll be like they'll have one number in and then like 50 later they'll have a number like, okay sure the so MPAA has a list are you able to find the the original age rating info by the mpa by the way i haven't looked it up i don't know i don't even know where they they might not release it like the bbfc do they they might put it in like hollywood reporter or variety or something i don't know oh here we go filmratings.com this 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 seems trusty title of film about time it's a good movie it is yeah Shout out to About Time, guys. Yeah. Good job. If any of you haven't seen the film About Time, I, I think... Uh, I know we don't talk about it that much, but right. it's definitely worth... You've made it this far, you should probably watch the movie. Sorry for spoiling it. <laughs> Couldn't find any results for your search. Doesn't exist. No such thing. We've actually been doing a fictional film the whole time. We made it up. Our animated Universal Studios logo was copyright of 2013 Universal Studios. Universal Studios is the author of this motion picture for purposes of the Berne Convention and all national laws giving effect thereto. The, the characters and events depicted in this photo play are fictitious, 
any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Which is a shame, because I really thought this was about a a real-life guy who traveled back in time. Well, obviously. But they have to put this up so that we don't suspect. This motion picture is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability. And then we cut to working titles logo, and uh, that's it. That's about time. About time. About time. A little weird, to be honest, to be done. Yeah. So, Robert, it's Friday. If you could go back in time to any moment in your life. <laughs> I sure we don't have any different... We, we, we've both given two answers, I think. So Yeah. My, my general answer is um, my impulse is to go back and fix things, not in my life, but things where I affected other people's lives negatively. But some of those were a big part of my life and have led to today, so I don't know. Mm. I don't think of anything specifically either, to be honest. I think it's stuff like that. Or I, just... I think... My best idea for this was the uh, free vacation thing. Yeah. It's interesting that I'm not saying this until, like, the end of the movie. But what happens to past me when I go back there? Does that mean they don't get to experience it anymore? That's not very nice to them. <laughs> no. Good point. We haven't really... We've, we've talked slightly about it, but not... Like, I, I imagine this thing where Tim always just has this weird compulsion to walk into a closet. And he'll know why, but everyone else just thinks he's weird. And it's because, like, future him is coming back. And, like, so time is like, oh, you need to be in this closet right here. So does that mean that he'll always know that he's going to go back to that point at some point? Yeah. And he, and he won't know why. Because then he'll come back after and be like, what just happened? How could that have gone wrong? What did I fix? And he'll go insane. So we don't get to do this very often, since we always do it with the guests. Anything to plug? Any any big plugs? Yes. Um, well, this is coming out in October, so... I rarely talk about like specific other shows of mine, unless someone else brings it up. But at this point, I hope the room minute is near the end, because I've been having trouble getting it out of hiatus because of editing time. But by October, I would hope it's out there. If Greetings from Wonderfalls is going to exist at all, I hope it's done by October, that it happens this summer. Uh, that got messed up by the beginning of lockdown, because right when it got weird. And I would point out my group on Facebook because I got tired of having different groups for all my shows is Lemming Drop Studio Tour where I post links from all of my other things. <laughs> I just realized what I've got to plug. <laughs> Unstable. Um <laughs> Unstable it's on Lucamant.co.uk. Maybe by this point my new show will be out there. Oh you don't I know th- the name of it yet. No I don't, but we'll be what, do what's it again. French for minutes. But we, I, I, we could probably lose more of an audience in giving a, a 100% French title. Like, well, Yeah, depends. Yeah. I, I have the easy one with Ex Machina because the title of the movie is that. So I just went with Minutia Ex Machina. So, yeah, so... Which will be sometime was, next year. Mm, there we go. That's a shout out there. And at some point, I'll be doing, as I was saying, a, a podcast with Les Miserables, the 2012 adaptation of the musical of Cameron McIntosh, Claude Michael Schoenberg, all of that jazz. And that is, yeah, just given a similar treatment. And at this point in October, Groundhog Day Project has probably come to an end again. August 1st it would have ended. Maybe I would have done one on August 2nd just to be weird. But so you got four years of blog entries you can go read if you don't want to hear my voice anymore. So, so what, what, I have to say. what happens with Groundhog Project then? So what, what makes you sort of start and stop it? Uh, well, I, originally I stopped it at day 1000. Happened to be the same day I was turning in my master's thesis, which was about blogging. 
And so I was like, that's a nice round number. I'm going to stop there. And then a year later, I kind of missed it. And I wanted to, so I took it up again with the same movie I had been watching that last week, which was High Fidelity, and continued with that movie and went into others. And I did a year. And then I ended again because I was getting ready to do podcasts. And then this year with lockdown, I'm like, I have a slightly bit more spare time than usual. And so I had a couple ideas, and one of them was bring Groundhog Day back because it never finished that last calendar year because it stopped at a thousand instead of at a full year. So getting it to August first will make it four full years altogether. There we go. So that's our stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll b- b- before we conclude, uh, let's let, let's hit it with the credits in order of appearance. <coughs> Luke Allen, Robert E.G. Black, Katie Proctor, Alice Lauren, James Anderson, Naomi Gowan, Richard Curtis, Piotr Skopiak, Joshua Griffiths, Alexander Westwood, Curtis Blaze, Simon Fisher Becker, Liz Griffiths, John Paul Kelly, Johan Joseph, Helen May Austin, Reese Ord, Joe Archer, Ewan McIntosh, Sean German, Callum Reed, Darren Brown, Kate Smith, Andy J, Brian Lockhart, Ron Sexsmith, Graham Curry, Brad Mendenhall, Eddie O'Keefe, Ashling Walsh, Steve Mortimer, Richard Curtis, Emma Freud. And somewhere in there was Mark Elliott. Twice. Yeah, so Robert, what's what's our goodbye today? <laughs> how do we how do we end off the proper stuff before to the listeners? There is going to be an extra week of little content. Hopefully, we don't know what that is yet, but we've got a few ideas. And if it's anything close to these ideas, it will be a week um, worth tuning in for. It's kind of close to Steve's from last time, but the last line of the film is "See you later." Oh yeah. In fact, the truth is, I now don't travel back at all, not even for the day. I just try to live every day as if I've deliberately come back to this one day to enjoy it as if it was the final full day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. We're all travelling through time together, every day of our lives, and all we can do is our best to relish this remarkable ride. We'll play our end tune and we'll be awesome. Yes. Um, Now, I I did actually bring something to uh, read this episode. Oh, wow. Before we finish up, I'd like to get that in there. It's from Groundhog Day Project, Day 106, called Because I Love You, which was November 15th, 2013, which oh, was the I saw about time. Yes! I won't read the whole thing, because it's kind of long, but I, I copied and pasted part of it. Uh, it says, the great message that comes out of the film comes after his father has died. Something his father tells him to do is to travel every day, live each day normally with all the tensions and anxieties, then travel back and do the same as closely as before. But this time, knowing what's coming. Tim can stop to appreciate the details. And what was a bad day is now far better. Like Phil Connors, time can be a change in a constant day, but one day at a time instead of one day indefinitely. There's a great notion here as far as enjoying life, but of course we can't follow this practice because we cannot time travel back like Tim can. In addition to what Tim's dad did with all of his extra time, he read book after book after book. But it gets better. See, at a certain point, Tim, married with three kids, tells us he doesn't travel anymore. What he does, though, is live each day as if he had traveled back in time just to experience this day. It's a powerful idea, especially taken hand-in-hand with Nietzsche's eternal recurrence, which I've written about numerous times before. I would suggest a combination. 1. Live each day as if it were the specific day you had time-traveled to, as if it's the most important day you have. And 2. Do with that day only things you would be willing to do again and again and again. If something isn't worth doing again, why do it once? In that light, there are moments I'd travel to if I had Tim's ability, moments I wouldn't want to fix, but I don't think I'd want the time loop Phil Connors has. There's this moment in about time, after Tim has explained how he lives each day twice, 
where he's on a train with his wife and kids, and he says some days he doesn't repeat. I forget the phrase in the voiceover, but the implication was that a perfect moment is perfect, perhaps because it's fleeting. For me, a few moments like that come to mind right away, lying at a park in San Francisco, a motel bed in Winnetka, but I don't want to think about such things right now. But I think that I believe both Tim's approach to each day and the value of what is temporary are both valid. That's why I like his solution later. Living each day for each day, paying attention to all the details, all the beautiful things you might miss because you're on your way to work or school. We like to ask why bad things happen, why people die, but I think that's what makes life great. That it will end. That it could end any time. That means we should be living in every moment, we should be enjoying it. But like Phil Connors learns, that doesn't mean we should be taking advantage of it. It doesn't mean we should be exploitative or selfish. Doing for others often is far more enjoyable than doing for oneself. And if we operate under the assumption that eternal recurrence is real, then the key is to do only the good things, the things worth experiencing again and again if it came to that. But because we will only experience each moment just the one time, we must also embrace the present. Uh, now, I'll, I'll describe for the listeners, every day of that first year Groundhog Day project ended with a reason to repeat the day forever. So at the end of this one, it says, today's reason to repeat a day forever, followed by a bunch of blank space. And then in parentheses, it says, that was purposely left blank. Right now, I'd rather just live life time traveling like we all do, forward one second at a time. I know it doesn't seem that way. But maybe it's the perfect day Even though the bills are piling And maybe Lady Bird came smiling But if we'd only open our eyes we see the blessings in disguise Say a word or two, my friend. 
There's no telling how that day might end And we'll never know until We see that It's only in them hills It's only in them hills So don't lose heart